Good morning again. So would you do something for me this morning? Those of you that are joining us or who are online, I, I need you to, um, while we're practicing social distancing, I need you to get as close as you can. Is that all right? Does that sound all right? And um, would you look at, over at your neighbor and say, I want you to prepare your heart. Tell them, I want you to prepare your heart for a great change for the rest of this year. How many of you will um, agree with me with that? If you, come on, clap your hands and bless him. I want you, those of you that are at home, I want you to understand everything has changed and are going to continue to change. This Sunday is a Sunday that we prepare ourselves for the Lord's table. And I want to do this by directing you to the scripture today. And for those of you that have your 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 phones your electronic devices and some of you still by tradition use a, a paper bible god bless you i i do too but i want you to i want you to look in the scripture with me for just a moment as we prepare our hearts to partake of the table of the lord this morning i have a sense of I have a sense of excitement of what God is going to do in your life just because you understand what we're doing. I also want to remind all of us, those of you here and those of you that are online, I want to remind us that on the 15th of this month, we're going to launch our business network online, so you don't want to miss that. Go to Metro City, Metro City Church Atlanta, our Facebook book page and you can you can log into groups and become a part of what is happening there it's going to be very very exciting i'm also reminded that something sweetheart that you said that i thought was so wonderful um i'm not sure that they caught it you said all of our burnt offerings how many of you caught that phrase all of our burnt offerings isn't that amazing how would we apply that the way that we apply that is real simple when you, when you, in the Old Testament, when you bought an offering to the Lord, it was burnt on the fire and the smoke went up to the Lord. What you did is you destroyed the use of that offering for yourself. That's what made it an offering. And I just want to remind us, because I know that, that um, some of us have... Um, you might have wearied during this season of pressure of COVID. But I want to promise you, and when I'm through with this, I trust that your heart will be even more open to God. When you destroy something to your use for his, the promise enacts. In fact, I'm going to talk about what a covenant is. And let's read together in the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 says Paul he writes he says for I received Paul said I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you what I have received from the Lord I deliver to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said, take it, 
eat it. For this is my blood. This is my body, rather. Take it, eat it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's an amazing thing what Jesus does. Now, they don't fully understand at the moment what he's doing, but he knows full well what he's doing. When he says, we're going to take this bread, the bread that they'd always been eating with. And, and he said, I'm going to, I'm going to, he took the bread, he blesses it, and then he breaks it. He does the same thing to the bread that he does with our lives. But I'll talk about that the next time we have communion. He takes the bread, he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it to them. It's, it's quite amazing. I mean, he was really talking about his own life. What he was doing, God the Father, who took him, allowed him to be born to Mary, broke him, and I'll show you how in a moment, he broke him, and then offered him up. The Son of God, he is the very bread that he's giving them. Take it, eat it, this is my body. Note that, this is my body, which is broken for you. God the Father was about to do destruction to the Son, and, and so, that, so that you and I, so that you and I would not be destroyed. It's an amazing passage. He said, eat it, but this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. When you do this, remember me. That's what we're going to do today in a few moments. We're going to remember how awesome he is and how awesome his sacrifice was for you and I. But check this out. In the same manner, he took also the cup after supper, saying, this cup, and this is what I want you to underline in your, in your scripture. This cup, it's an amazing thing, is, this cup is the new covenant. I want you to take that phrase in your heart today and may the Lord open it up to you so that you will never be the same and that you might receive all that God the Father has provided for you he says take this cup this cup is the new covenant in my blood this cup is the new covenant in my blood when you do this as often as you drink this cup in remembrance of me Kind of interesting that he's very specific. We can always drink cups of many things. But he says, when you take this cup and drink as unto me, as my blood, when you do so, when you drink in remembrance of me, I need you to, I need you to use the one thing that God gives you that can settle you and keep you, and that is your memory. How many of you can remember how God delivered you and set you free if you can remember lift those hands to the Lord right now how many of you can remember what state you were in how miserable you were and when you and when you gave your heart God delivered you from your misery and this morning he's going to deliver you from some other things also check this out he said when you take this cup I want you to think about remember run it back through your mind remember me for check it out as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death we're going to talk a little bit you proclaim we're going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes 
Check this out. It's an amazing thing. Why would he say, why would the Lord say, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood? Why would he say that? There's a very specific reason why he made that powerful declaration. You know, all the disciples sitting around the table with Jesus, they understood covenant. It was part of their lives. And unfortunately, in our, in our country, we have destroyed the whole concept of covenant. Promise breaking is now a, a, now a, a, a normal instead of promise keeping. Promise keeping today. If you can find somebody who can keep their promises, oh my God, you found a treasure. God understood how important this was. And God, is the Father, is now about to keep a promise that he's made. But covenant was the means by which promises and agreements are kept. How many of you are married here today? And, and stay open, next month we're going to have our marriage network. We're going to launch it. If you're married here today, promise keeping is a big deal. Impacts all of your life. Will you do what you said? Will your partner do what they said? It's an amazing thing. Covenant is about the way we hold relationships together. Covenant is the way we hold business deals together. Covenant is the way that, that, that we are able to function as a culture without harm to each other. But I want you to know this. When the Lord said this in this setting, it would take, their mind would go back to the covenant that God made with Abraham, their father in the faith. God made a covenant with Abraham that's amazing. Why is it important? Because it was 25 years from the time God promised Abraham something that he wasn't able to produce on his own. He promised him a son. 25 years later, it has not happened. And in Genesis chapter 15, God comes to Abraham and rehearses what he said about his promise. But, but Abraham does what we do. Well, Lord, it's been so long, you know, and it, it ain't happened yet. And, you know, we've been through so much and it hasn't happened yet. But you promised me a promise that I can't, I can't make this happen on my own. Only you can make it happen. But it hasn't happened. So Abraham said, well, maybe my child that you promised me is going to happen to one of my servants. And the Lord said to Abra Abraham, no. It's not going to happen through your own ingenuity. What I promised you can't happen through your own ingenuity. What I promised you only I can bring about. If I made the promise, I have the power to keep it. And Abraham is listening to God. He said, but, but Lord, I don't have any offspring. I don't have any children born in my house. And the Lord said to him, this man who you say is going to be your heir. In other words, Abraham earlier wanted to use his servant, Eleazar. Maybe his child is going to inherit all these promises God gave me. You told me I'm going to have so many children like the stars. I can't even count them. Lord, but I have not one and I'm old and Sarah's old and we still love each other, but we old. You get my drift. 
And the Lord said to Abraham, <laughs> then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, verse four, saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him aside. He took Abraham aside. Look at the heavens. Can you count the stars? No, Lord, I can't. He said to him, so shall your descendants be. Some of you are sitting here having the promises of God. You know what the Bible says. You know what the scripture says. But you haven't seen it yet. May God give you grace to receive today. It's an amazing thing. Now, he said to him, your descendants shall be as the stars. The Lord said to Abram, without any other thing happening, your descendants shall be as the stars. God rehearsed what he spoke the first time, way back in Genesis chapter 12. He says it to him again. And read the next verse. It says this, and Abraham believed God. And Abraham believed God. When he said it this time, Abraham, he believed him. This is amazing because blessed is he who believes and yet has not seen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed today. Come on, tell them, you are blessed today. Because what God promised and you have not seen it, you still believe it. Because believing is a choice. And the Bible says when Abraham believed it, God put something on him. God gave Abraham a different, a different status. He said to Abraham, today, you are righteous. Lord, have mercy. Abraham, I'm changing your status with me. Righteousness, I place over you for one thing, not because of your good behavior, not because your obedience without, was without error. No, I'm placing on you one this this favor and this position because you believe me now check it out it was only God's word it was only God's word his promise Abraham didn't see anything else are you still believing and and what's interesting about this verse 8 Let me give you the rest of this. And the Lord reckoned him, verse 6, as righteous. And then he said to him, I am the Lord God. I am. Then God tells Abraham again who he is. I am the Lord God who brought you out of Ur, out of the Ur of Chaldeans, to give you this land. I promise you this land, and I promise you a plethora of children. So many, you can't count them, even though you're old and you can't even produce one. Are you all still breathing there? I, I'm taking, I, I won't take much longer. But I want you to prepare your heart for the table of the Lord. And verse 8, he said, the Lord said, uh, verse 8, it was Abram, Abraham who said this. Lord, how should I know that I will possess it? <laughs> Lord God, how will I know that I'm going to get? Now, I believe you. But how will I know I'm going to, I got it in my, in my heart, but how, I, how will I know I'm going to get it in my hand? Are y'all still hearing me? 
check it out. So the Lord, and he said to him, bring me a heifer, bring me a female goat, bring me a ram and bring me turtle doves and a young pigeon. And, and Abraham took these animals and, and God was about to do the unthinkable with Abraham. And I want you to hear it because unless you understand it, you won't, you won't be able to receive it. But after this, you will understand. God said, uh, bring me those animals, five of them, and I want you to cut them in half. Let the blood from those animals flow. Separate the animals, you know, line them up, separate the halves. And so it creates a trail of blood. Abraham knew immediately what God was doing. Because making covenant was the way of life in his day. Here's the difference. When you made a covenant in, the, in Abraham's time, you would make a covenant with a king who had power, riches, armies, and the king would come into covenant with other territories agreed on for mutual protection. You would make the covenant with, they were called vassals. They would make, vassals would make covenants with kings. And kings would promise the vassals, if you, if you come into this covenant, my protection is yours. Some of you know in, in, early, in, in many cultures in early days, they would even make marriages to create relationships and alliances. Abraham was well aware of this. And the vassals are the ones that had to walk through the trail of blood through the destroyed animals. And they'd have to say something like this. I walk through this blood today and I make this covenant with you, king, that I will be faithful to you. Your enemies will be my enemies. My enemies will be your enemies. And if I break this covenant, may I be split in two and my blood flow. Here's the thing about that. Those vassals who made the covenant with the kings, the vassals walked through the blood, not the kings. If the king, the king would not never walk through the, the blood. The king is the one who had the power. The vassals had none or very little. And if someone broke the covenant, the result of the a breaking of the covenant, the consequences would Come on the vassals. But not the king. So God said to Abram, Abram, split these animals in two. And then I will make this covenant. I will ratify this covenant with you. Abraham, is, he, he does exactly what God says. He spits the animals, the blood is flowing, the flies, the, even the birds of the field, you read it, are coming down to try to steal this, this covenantal promise. But Abraham takes a stick, he's beating the birds off. No, no, this is my promise. With it. Some of you don't fight enough in your own heart over the things God promised you. You can't have this. This is what God promised me. I don't care how weary I am, how, how much pain I'm, I'm suffering because God promised me. And Abraham was fighting the birds off and, and, and then he got so tired, God put him to sleep. He falls, he's asleep. 
And all of a sudden, in his sleep, his dreams open. And what Abraham sees is unthinkable. First, he sees a burning, smoking furnace. And then on one side, and then on the other side, he sees a torch. On one side of the trail of blood, he sees a, a torch. And on the other side, he sees a burning, a burning furnace. The, the torch is kind of like the, 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 the pillar of fire when God delivered Israel from Egypt. The smoking furnace is on the other side. And all of a sudden, the torch and the furnace begins to walk back and forth in the blood. God said, Abraham, you don't have enough of what it takes to keep this covenant. I'm going to keep this covenant for you. And I'm going to walk this walk for you in this blood. And if anybody breaks this covenant, it will mean my life. And that's exactly what God did. He walked in the blood. Unheard of. God diminishes himself on the level of man. He says, I will take the punishment if any of us break this covenant. But isn't that who Jesus is? Is it not the crucifixion, the offering, the destroying, the breaking? For God was in Christ reconciling, reconciling the world to himself. Keeping promises for you and me. And then the Lord has the audacity to say, every time you eat this meal, remember. Remember, I will keep my promise even if it means my death. And it did cost God. Not because God broke it, because all of us broke it. And for us, he receives punishment on himself. I want you to bow your heads today, and I want you to consider this today. Jesus said, and they didn't understand it at that moment, but they, I promise you they did after the crucifixion and after the resurrection. God, I is saying to you, I cannot lie. What I promise I will do. I will not let you down. My promises are so, so sure until I will die for you and get up from the grave to prove to you there is no promise I can't keep. Good God Almighty. Why in the world then would you be unfaithful and unbelieving toward God? Body of Christ, I have never seen so much unfaithfulness and unbelief in God. And we've forgotten that what God said he will do. Jesus said, I want you to remember me when you take this covenant meal. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote about it later, he said, I want you to wait on each other and pray because I want your heart to be right when you take this meal. Because you take it unworthily, it's to your demise. You take it with a heart of faith. It is for your growth and your, and, your, and your prosperity and your protection. This is more than bread and juice. 
for today, Father, I commit today this fruit of the vine as your blood that you so freely shed for us to help us believe and know how we may possess it. I pray, Heavenly Father, for this bread representing your body that was torn to pieces for us to pay the price for our unbelief to pay the price for our disobedience to pay the price for our stubbornness for our lies for the untruthful way in which we've lived to pay the price for all the broken promises that we have made Thank you, Father, for keeping them for us so that we would not have to suffer the penalty. Now release the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you have commanded us to do. To receive what you have commanded us to receive. I thank you, Lord, for blessing this bread and this cup. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that those who are watching today they have their bread. If you don't have your bread at home, find some bread and find some juice. And, and I, I want today, when we, when we receive this, uh, there's specific things I want to speak over you today in your remembrance so that you might receive them. And I want you to receive them. For there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. The power to bring about what God promised you. How can you receive a promise that you don't know about? You would have to be able to, you'd have to know what God has promised. And that's why we've been stressing every morning your daily devotions. Because when you know what the word of God says, you know what the promise is. And whatever you are facing, whatever you are going through, wherever you need to go, whatever you need to break through, whatever, whatever you've been experiencing from the past needs to be broken so you no longer, you no longer have to live that way. This is more. And once you receive this, just hold it. We're gonna we're gonna we're going to commune together, even at home. We're going to commune together. I can't stress it to you enough today. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. I'm making a disagreement with you, not based on your faithfulness, not based on your ability. I'm making this agreement for you based on my, as in God speaking, on his ability. And when you agree, by the way, if you agree with God, that means you'll obey God. Whoa. That means that that if you say, I do believe, then see, if, if you, it's like, it's like getting married, you know. When you get married, you know, you, you, you make promises first to God and then you make promises to each other. If you believe, you will obey. He said, how can I have the power to obey? Well, when you believe, the, God's power to fulfill comes to you and now you have the ability to obey and if that hasn't happened for you then right there today 
As we commune together, I want you to receive that power. Receive that grace. Those of you at home, those of you that are at home, those of you that are joining us in this communion, I want you to receive what you need. Today, covenant breaking in your life ends. Covenant keeping begins. The Bible says this, it's kind of heavy. It says, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, who is righteous and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's why I want you to, I want you, you and I, I want to say, Lord, and, and the Father knows the, the things. So, if you don't know what it is, when you pray, the Lord always will bring it up before you. What you need to confess before the Father. And, and what you, whatever you need to confess, have confidence that God will keep his word. That he takes our broken promises and receives the punishment in himself. And you go free and now you're free to obey. Just hold it for a moment and those of you that know what to do, you can peel that and prepare it in your hands. I want to be sure that everyone is served. You at home, prepare. So Jesus called all of his disciples and, and this was the last time they would be gathered together this way before he was to fulfill all promises. Before he was to offer his body as a sacrifice and pour out his blood by the way, saints, as the full payment for our sins. He called them together and they're around this table and they all have this cup that he says, I want you to take this cup and drink it. Take this bread and eat it. Consume it because it is me. Today, what you eat, what you drink, it's me. They didn't understand it. It's, but it's about what I'm about to do for you. It's prophetic in the greatest sense. I'm about to be ripped open for you. I'm about to lose it all for you. You, do, you who do not deserve it. You who are the, are the least of, of, deser of the deserving. In fact, what we deserve is the opposite. We deserve what Jesus went through because our sins were stacked so high in the face of Almighty God. 
And God the Father says, I'm going to remove those sins from my face forever because I'm going to take them, I'm going to gather all of them up and I'm going to pour them upon my son. And I will pour out the extent of my wrath so you don't have to. I am the king of all kings. I'm the Lord of all lords, but I become like you without diminishing who I am that I may walk the trail of blood. And this time the blood, it's mine. Wow. In the name of Jesus, the one who lives, the one who died and rose again for us, we remember you, Lord. We remember your sacrifice. We remember your grace. We remember your tender love. We remember your mercy, your forgiveness, that we might receive strength, that we might receive healing, that we might be completely, completely whole. In the name of Jesus, let us commune together. We eat this bread and we take this cup. And every time we do it, we run it back through our heads, our hearts. How great a love, so great a love that the Father has. Now I want you to stand on your feet and if you're at home, you might want to stand. Lift those hands to the Lord Jesus and just worship him and thank him and remember how much he loves you. Today, his blood covers all of you who are under any pressure, who are overcome with stress. For in the garden, stress caused his capillaries to break and blood to come out of his pores. In the garden, he bled for you. If you're under stress, raise your hands to God. And I want you to release that in the name of Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and begin to bless him and praise him. You know how to pray, you know how to bless him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Deliver from stress, from every kind of pressure that comes on you. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, he took it for you. Those of you who need forgiveness and healing today, he took stripes on his back for you. I want you to receive healing. Those of you that have been sick, I want you to receive the healing of the Holy Spirit. Let the healing of God's Holy Spirit come upon you now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let him touch your body right there where you stand. Those of you that are listening or watching, may the Lord bless you now. May his healing come to you with wings. Land upon you and deliver you. Come on, bless him. Open your mouth and begin to bless him and praise him. Forgiveness is yours. Healing is yours. 
those of you who are trying to accomplish God will give you conquest it's in his crown the crown of thorns God crowns you with his favor and his loving kindness and I want you to know you can conquer that thing in the name of Jesus receive the confidence to conquer everything that's before you right now in the name of Jesus we praise you Heavenly Father Lord, I thank you that you will release that conquest spirit of conquest over the body of Christ who believe you and remember what you've done according to your promise. Let it be released now in the name of Jesus. Receive the confidence that you need. Those of you that are suffering because you don't see yourself the way you need to. And God has told you again and again in his word how beautiful you are but you act like you're the ugliest vilest thing on the planet when God forgives you and cleanses you he changes your very visage he changes your countenance he changes the way you see yourself no longer condemned but now forgiven without guilt Lord have mercy some of you have need to turn that over to the Lord confess it whatever it is and receive his forgiveness for if we confess our sins he is faithful to forgive us our sins and check it out cleanse you from all father I'm praying for those right now who conviction is over their life because they see the, the things that they must re release and let go. They see the things that they need to give over to you. And Father, I thank you for the power of your blood. For the power of, of your Holy Spirit changing the way we see ourselves. One more time, lift those hands to God. This, you lift your hands for the anointing of the Holy Spirit so God can give you productivity. I want you, I want you to know that whatever you set your hands to do that's righteous, God wants to increase the work of your hands. He wants to bless the work of your hands. He wants you to be productive in his kingdom. In fact, I want you to clap those hands to the throne of God. No longer, they are no longer hands of iniquity. They are hands of productivity. Clap them louder in the name of Jesus. I receive it, Father. I receive it in the name of Jesus. No longer idle hands doing nothing or doing things that don't count. My hands are busy doing the things of God. Busy doing what will give God glory. In fact, I, I'm looking at it in my heart right now. You're in business. Lift your hands to the Lord. You work with your hands. Father, we receive the table. We receive your blood, your body, that you would anoint our hands as his hands were nailed. Our hands are free to do the work of God. Well, let productivity begin to flow, increase much more, even in the way that you promised Abram, much more. Oh God, give them much more. We will give you the glory. We'll, we'll magnify your name. One more time, clap your hands. Those of you that are home, I want you to know the work of your hands are blessed because of the promise of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
I, I know you don't think about it much, but did you know when they nailed his feet, it freed your feet. Lord, have mercy. When they nailed his feet, it gave freedom to your feet, to your feet for the destiny, for the direction, for the purpose of God. I want you to give God praise right now. I am not, I am not an accident. I am on purpose and the footsteps of my life are guarded by God. Some of you, you need, and you know what? When you obey God and God tells you where to go, I want you to know it's a, it's a big deal because wherever you go, where God asks you to go, always, always, his purpose is in it. His accomplishment is in your going where he wants you to go. If you agree to go where God wants you to go, clap your hands and give him praise. If you believe I'm going to live the way he wants me to live, I'm going to walk. Those of you watching, I know our time is up. But I got one more. Put your hand over your heart. As many of you have been suffering from a broken heart. Conversations you should have never heard. Conversations you should never have had. Betrayal. God wants to heal your heart. And that's why the spirit that went up into that, the body of Jesus, broke open his heart, the, the cavity of his chest. It, it broke open and blood and water was spilled out. The only way that happens, physicians tell us, is when the heart explodes. His broken heart for your healed heart. Some of you won't make a commitment you won't keep a promise to another person because somebody broke your heart and you never want that to happen again God's gonna right now father in the name of Jesus I thank you that you would pour in the bomb pour in the power of your blood heal I pray Lord the heart the broken heart of your people so they no longer have to live in the pain of it, sleep in the pain of it, wake up in the pain of it. Lord, heal their heart because faith works by love. And Lord, when you poured out your blood for us, we, we are convinced your love is enough. I don't have to live in this brokenness anymore. I want you to receive it in the name of Jesus. One more time, raising those hands to God the Father and just worshiping him in the way that you do. Just tell him, talk to him. He's your father. Tell him how much you love him. Those of you watching, grab your family members around where you're standing or sitting and tell them how much you love them. How much God loves you. And his love is what heals your heart. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you for this. The mighty name of Jesus we do thank you we bless you if your family members are near you and you can touch them just hold them for a moment and tell them how much you love them how much you care for them this is this is the reason for his table because you're you're so loved period period they need to know that your family needs to know that Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.